Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. This episode is all about boundaries and how you can properly implement them into your life without fear to create more alignment. All right. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I'm super grateful to have connected with you. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So can you give a little background on who you are and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, I would love to. So I'm Dr. Caroline Iskowitz. My background is in clinical psychology, so I specialized in marriage and family therapy. Absolutely loved it. And I went through a journey of my own self-love, which brought me to coaching. So I was living out in California, and I moved back to Florida to start my coaching business. And it's morphed over time. But what I really focused on is women entrepreneurs learning to balance self-care while they grow their empires and really learning to put themselves top on the priority list. To really dive into that. But I have four pillars in my business. And I know we're going to dive into one of them in particular, but it starts with work-life integration, moves into self-love, to boundaries, and then emotional balance within our relationships. So that's essentially what I do with my coaching business and just really helping women thrive inside the office, outside the office, and in life as well. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Wow, that's a lot. And I love that you have four pillars. What are they again? Yeah, I know. I just breezed through them because I was like so excited to talk about it. But it's work-life integration. I used to use the word balance, but I realized through the journey in different phases of our life, we don't always have full balance. There's integration. It's learning to integrate things so you can still get everything done that you want to, but also learning to prioritize. And that's like the first pillar of the foundational piece. And this is the foundation I went through and I take my clients through. And it's meeting clients where they're at as well. But that's the first one. The second one, once you have that integration, you can move into really loving yourself, being able to be aware of the things that are going on in your life and really pouring into yourself. Because sometimes when we don't have that work-life balance, it's hard to get to that level of self-love because we're not aware or we have so much going on. It's hard to fill our own cup. So that's the second one. And then the third one moves into boundaries, which is something I talk about for hours if I could. But it's really, once you have that piece of self-love and self-worth, you're able to really set those boundaries and not only set them, but implement them and solidify them. So it doesn't become something where you just say it and there's no follow through. And that's the biggest component of boundaries is being able to follow through with them. So you learn to respect yourself and honor yourself on an unconscious level, because I think we might on a conscious level, but like unconsciously underneath the hood, essentially is what I've been saying lately, because it's true. It's like what's underneath that. So you can really thrive in your life, in your business, in your practice, whatever you're doing in this world, but really being able to do that with setting those boundaries in all our relationships, whether it's romantic, friendships, family, our work situations. And then once we have that, the final piece is emotional balance within our relationships. Because now that we have these strong boundaries and allowing it to be flexible, we can implement that in our relationships because a lot of times with emotional intimacy and our well-being emotionally, it can be difficult and challenging. But if we have those boundaries in place and the self-love and the balance, all of those other pieces, 
we're really able to have a balance and healthy relationships. And that's, I mean, what I studied in school, but I apply that in the coaching world because it allows my clients to really step into their greatness and being able to balance what they want to balance and prioritize everything. So that's the four pillars. Wow, that's incredible. Boundaries is something that I've been working on, I would say, and has come into my awareness for the past couple of years. It's definitely a difficult subject for me to, I guess, conquer in every aspect of my life. And I get a lot of messages, even from my patients, and I have coaching clients as well, a lot of them being women. And so let's go there. I mean, what are boundaries? How would you define them? Loaded question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a great question. And I think it's really when we're setting boundaries, it's what feels right for us, what we're willing to accept and tolerate and what we're not. And I think it's really difficult in work situations, like what you were speaking to when clients or patients are reaching out to us, they need something, whether it's your coaching clients or your patients, but being able to respect your time and theirs and understanding if somebody messages you after office hours, you can still get back to them the next day, but like implementing that of like, these are my office hours. I will get back to you as soon as I can. If it's an emergency, you say, but you need to, to be able to set those boundaries. But I think when we have business coming in and we don't want to lose that business, that's where I think it's harder to set the boundaries because they're like, oh, I don't want to upset them. And sometimes underneath all of that, it's the people pleasing or the fear of losing that client or the fear of not being able to make the financial gains that you want because you said no to that person. And I think with boundaries, it's saying no to something else so you can say yes to yourself. And that's the biggest question I always ask my clients. I'm like, okay, well, if you say yes to this, what are you saying no to? And vice versa. So it's really getting to the root of it so you can see where your priorities are and what you need and what you want. And that's the difference too. What do you want right now or what do you need? What's filling your cup? So if you answer that client, or a patient that's reaching out, are you missing out on five minutes of time with your family or five minutes with a friend that could have been allocated elsewhere? So I think it really comes down to being able to see what's important, what's urgent, what's needed and necessary. So those are little tips, but that's boundaries, my definition. (laughs) That makes complete sense. I guess going back to boundaries and self-worth, I believe that's one of your pillars. How is that related? Yeah. Self-love is an umbrella. And you hear this term all the time. It's like loving yourself from the inside out and taking care of yourself. But the self-worth piece, I think it's such a deep level. And my own journey of self-love, I learned to love myself because I was wondering why these relationships weren't working and things weren't working out the way I wanted them to because I wasn't looking internally. And it's like nurturing that inner child, essentially. I mean, I've talked a lot about that and I know there's so much on like social media and then you could Google and understand. But I think for me, And why that's such an important piece is because it goes down to your values, honoring and respecting yourself and trusting yourself that you're making the decisions that are best for you in the long run, because you're with yourself 24 seven, the most important relationship we have is with ourselves, because that dictates how people treat us and how we want to be treated. We show them based off of how we treat ourselves. So if we're burning ourselves out, not taking care of ourselves, that's going to transpire in relationships, maybe not right then and there but it's going to impact those relationships around us. So it's really looking inwards of how am I showing myself love? And it's not just bubble baths and getting a piece of chocolate and having a cup of coffee or I don't drink, but like people will have a glass of wine or something, but whatever that is for people, but it's really 
setting boundaries. It's really showing yourself that respect, giving yourself downtime to rest. That was one of my really bad patterns that I had in years ago was getting in these patterns of burnout. And even a few weeks ago, I was almost, I am very quick to recognize the flags now, but I was about to start that pattern. I'm like, oh, hold on. What do I need to do to love myself? What am I missing in the self-worth piece? Because it's understanding that you deserve what you want. It's just a matter of getting that and doing that for yourself. Because when you do that for yourself, you're allowing the space around you for your cup to be filled. So you can give back to your patients, your clients, you can show up as your best self. And the rest piece is so important. And I think it's harder in the beginning of our careers because we're hustling and we're trying to do all these things and be amazing. And we're preaching all these things to like patients or clients, but like, how are we showing up for ourselves? How are we doing that? And that goes back to that piece of worthiness and knowing that it's a limiting belief sometimes because we don't feel like we deserve it or we don't feel enough. And there's a great book by Benet Brown called The Gifts of Imperfection. Not sure if you've heard of it. Love it. (laughs) Okay, so you know. know. (laughs) I read it yearly, once a year, because I'm in a different place every year because I'm constantly growing or wanting to grow. And with that book, it just shows the gifts of imperfection, of being imperfectly perfect the way you are, like you're perfect the way you are. And those imperfections and understanding you are worthy and showing yourself that worth. I feel like I just went on a huge tangent, but that's part of what I feel. No, that makes complete sense. The reason why it's one of your pillars, but I feel it's one of the hardest concepts for people to grab, especially in relationships, right? I'm talking any relationship, but romantic relationships. I get this question a lot too. How do we set firm boundaries, but also be loving and compassionate towards our significant others? Do you have some tips on that? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And I think really with our relationships, romantic relationships in particular, when we're setting these boundaries, it's not to be cruel. It's not to be mean. It's not to be rude. It's coming from a place of compassion. And when we're setting that with intent, there's an intention behind it. It's to protect the relationship. It's not just about us. It's also about that relationship. So when we are setting those boundaries, it's to protect it. There's quotes about boundaries being walls and whatnot. And I don't think they're walls. I think they are gateways and like navigating the relationship because as you grow, the person that you're with, they're going to have to shift with that because they're not the same person you were a few months ago or a year ago. They're going to have to adjust to those new boundaries and adjust to a situation and change is constant. So understanding that when we're setting this new boundary, it's really to create more of a foundation, deepen the foundation of our relationship and understanding how important that is and vital for the relationship to continue on to understand one another. And it's really listening to that boundary and comprehending it and having that open dialogue. Because communication is so key in any relationship, but when we're communicating the boundaries, back to your question, is really being able to understand that it's coming from a place of love and compassion. And when we present that as love and compassion versus being angry or saying, you need to do this, or like, I'm sick of this. It's more of, look, this is how I feel. And because of this, and this is the behavior that needs to change moving forward. So you're talking about the feeling, you're owning that feeling and feelings are completely valid across the board, but it's the behaviors that need to change. It's not the actual person, it's the circumstance and the situation. And that's what needs to shift. It's actions over like the words in a way, like showing the actions you set 
the intention of that boundary and then following through is seeing that behavior follow through. You explained it perfectly. And when somebody doesn't honor your boundaries, which happens a lot in relationships as well, how Mm -hmm. do you coach your clients or your patients? What's the next step? Because Mm -hmm. underlying for me, I've had a situation in the past couple of years with a very close friend of mine where I felt like I was giving and giving and giving and just being used. It felt like I was being used in return. And it was more of like a business relationship, like a business transaction versus a friendship. And so out of fear, I just wouldn't say or voice my needs. And so what advice would you give somebody going through a similar situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a huge part of like being a giver versus a taker. (laughs) Takers are never going to own it, right? Like, I think it's when we do give so much of ourselves or we have such a big heart, it's harder to set those boundaries, to be quite honest. And when I have a client that comes to me with that situation, it's more of, okay, well, what do you need to change? Or what is holding you back from saying that? Maybe there's the fear of, rejection that you're not going to have that friendship anymore. You're going to lose that person. But the thing is people who respect you ultimately will never just cut you off. They're going to understand. They might be hurt. They might be frustrated in that moment, but they're going to understand where it's coming from based off of you coming from a place of compassion and understanding. So setting that boundary, like if it's somebody taking advantage of your services, for instance, and they're wanting it for free because they're a family or friend, it's, you know, I would love to talk about this further. Why don't we jump on like a discovery call and see if maybe I can work with you? Switching that conversation. And I think you have to gauge based off of who you're speaking to and your relationship with them. But I think it's having that open dialogue again and communicating it. It might not come off the best the first time. So practice it, practice it in front of a mirror, write it down, write down what you want to say and then be able to say it. And it's just practicing it. It's a muscle too. And the more boundaries you set out of that love and compassion, not the easier it gets, but you're able to really sit with it and be in that uncomfortable space for a minute to be able to say it. And it's a practice. Honestly, it took me years to really set those strong boundaries that now I can. And sometimes different personalities, it's a little bit harder for me to be honest. And I think it depends on those personalities and really feeling out that energy. Like I'm really in tune with people's energy. That's how I'm able to do it. Like on a spiritual level, at least I kind of feel out the situation. But I think when we have people that are closest to us, it's a lot harder to set those boundaries. So it's starting small. Like if you are having difficulty with setting boundaries across the board, I would say start small, start saying no more, see how that feels. It could be something as simple as like, hey, let's go out tonight. No, I can't, COVID. Like whatever it is, start very small so you can build up to the bigger things because it doesn't happen overnight and having patience and compassion towards yourself with the process too. So I hope that's helpful. A hundred percent. And it's that power of saying no, which is something I'm not used to just, you know, with my family background and just what I've studied being a physician a giver naturally when you're a healer. And so learning boundaries for me has definitely been difficult (laughs) over the past few years, but it makes a huge difference because it helps me reflect on 
what is it? What are my core values? What do I really need? And if it's not being met in a relationship, whether it's romantic or with friends, then I need to take a good look at it. And maybe there's something better out there for me, right? I'm not saying anyone's a bad person, but it's just making room for things that are spiritually or energetically more aligned for you. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I do think it's when we are dealing with the difficulty of saying no, like I had a very hard time and I still check myself sometimes when opportunities are coming or it's hard to say no to family and friends. It goes back to that question I was just saying. It's if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Am I saying no to sleep? Am I saying no to that workout that I really wanted to do? Whatever it is, but really tuning into what you need. And it's prioritizing things too, understanding that you're focused in on the person you are and it's coming from a place of when we're setting boundaries, love versus fear. Removing that fear and speaking from love can be all the difference. I talk about this a lot. I've been reading this book called A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've heard of it. Love that book. (laughs) (laughs) If you hadn't noticed. (laughs) But it's all about coming from a place of love versus fear. And that's where I think with boundaries, the more I leaned into the love piece versus the fear of what's going to happen, it's really done wonders for myself. And that's what I talk to my clients about as well. It's coming from that place because at the end of the day, it goes back to like the behaviors and the awareness, the awareness of why you're setting that boundary and what is needed for that boundary to be there. And it's protection of your energy, your time, and just your space on every level. Right. And also the communication piece, which you touched on earlier, even when you're having these difficult conversations, I know for me, I tend to tense up and I do get scared. And so I take a couple of deep breaths. I mean, I just had a very intense conversation with my own dad about some things that happened when I was a child. And it was really hard for me to go there. I had to take a couple of deep breaths and just had to remind myself, don't get defensive, right? I am not my emotions and don't throw up that wall, hear him out. Because whenever you set boundaries, I mean, I have to say, you're probably going to be met with a defense mechanism from the other side. So just knowing that, (laughs) just knowing that and calming myself down prior really does help. I mean, do you have any tips for people that are going through something very similar in close relationships and how to open that dialogue? Yeah, I mean, you definitely said one of them, like breathing before you do it. (laughs) That's definitely important. But I think too, it's understanding what do you want to say? Because in the moment and like when you're overwhelmed with emotion, it's really hearing the person, like because you have your intent of going in, but you don't know what their intent is going to be receiving it. So it's understanding, like listening to respond. I think that's how people do. They're like, okay, I want to respond. I have something to say right after. It's listening to understand where they're coming from while you're setting that boundary. Because like you're setting it, that's it. But I think too, sometimes when there is that pushback, because majority of the time, like 90% of the time, there's a pushback of like, why are you setting this boundary? What are you talking about? And you're not coming out and like, I'm setting a boundary. This is my boundary. <laughs> it's more of just like speaking it and communicating what you need from the person, but listening from their perspective too, because they're going to come back at you with something. So just being ready, not like armed guard, but open, like you're sitting on a porch, just sitting on a chair, couch, and having a conversation, looking at it that way, because it takes the pressure off. 
I think too, maybe even visualizing something where you feel so relaxed, whether it's the beach or the mountains or like a particular location, almost like visualize that before going into this conversation that you're going to have with setting the boundaries. So it sets the tone. Like I definitely think the breathing is huge because you can do that really quickly, but really visualizing it. What does the air feel like? I'm all about the five senses and that's what I do in my daily routines, but being able to visualize that conversation, not the conversation itself, but the setting is that I think that could put you at ease as well. Or if you could have the conversation in a peaceful place, do that. But if you can't visualize something that's going to really set that tone and just really be honest with yourself, what are you trying to do? What's your intent before going into the conversation? And what I mentioned earlier too, writing it down, write down what you want to say, bullet points, and maybe even have that with you. So you remember, because in the heat of the moment, you might be overwhelmed with emotion or frustrated. So have it right there and let them know, this is difficult for me, but I value our relationship so much that I want to bring this to your attention. That's beautifully said, because that is exactly what my intention was with my dad. And I was very surprised at the way he received it. It was a very open conversation and we both walked away happy and content. Doesn't always work that way though when you're <laughs> no. when you're setting boundaries. And I have been in other situations where it's gotten a little bit argumentative, right? Mm-hmm. And the person that I was setting the boundary with started yelling and then my tone goes up. So in those situations, I think it's also important for people to know when to back off and mm-hmm. say, listen, we're getting nowhere. This is how I feel. Let's step back and have this conversation at another time. And maybe it means you won't ever have that conversation again alone with the person and have a mediator or just don't have the conversation at all. That's just something that people have to understand and reflect on as well. And I think that's really important when thinking about having difficult conversations with people surrounding boundaries. And you brought up a really good point too. Like if it's not safe to have that conversation, definitely make sure you're in a public location or something. It depends on the heat of that moment of what you're setting a boundary on. Like it's the level of something that needs more support around you. Be careful of setting that boundary of like what you need or that kind of support. Be very aware of that. But if it's just little things or things that you can work through or you know they're not going to explode or it turn into something that's not safe, definitely make sure that it's a safe environment for yourself. I just wanted to emphasize that because you said that it triggered that thought for me because I do think it's really important. Because I mean, too, like with boundaries, sometimes the voices are going to get raised. But one tip on that is I know it's difficult when somebody's raising their voice to keep your voice the same across the board. And that is very challenging. I am not going to lie. But I think they might get more frustrated. It depends. But like I said earlier, reading that person, knowing that person, because you're going to know that person better than what I'm saying right now, depending on that energy that they bring to that conversation or how you know them. But that's really important to remember. Just be safe about it. In your four pillars after boundaries, what was the fourth pillar? Emotional balance within our relationships. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's once we've set those boundaries, I think it opens up more for emotional intimacy. And we could have emotional intimacy with our friends, our family, significant others, everything along those lines. And it's really important. I think that component of really deepening our relationships is when we are able to deepen the relationships, it allows for us to really understand one another, communicate better, build healthier relationships, even in work relationships. It just opens up this channel of communication 
where you're able to go deeper, but also create safer spaces. And I always look at relationships as houses, like you build the foundation, it's cement, so it's rock solid. And then you build up from there. You're not going to put the roof on before you have the foundation. So I think it's just really building blocks. And that's where I look at the emotional balance within our relationships, because when we are entrepreneurs, when we do have practices, when we are just working individuals, it's really important that we're balancing all aspects of our lives and what makes sense to us and time in that phase in our life as well. And having that emotional piece is so important because when we're stressed out, when we're overwhelmed, how do we communicate that? How do we have that balance within ourselves so we can have it within our relationships? I love that. For me, that's a full picture, like a full mind, body, spirit picture. And emotions for me are just energy and motion. So if the lower ones are not dealt with, such as anger, frustration, resentment, they'll be stored in the body. The body doesn't lie. I always say the body is filled with information, right? So you always listen to the body. And if you don't deal with an emotion, for me, I'm just giving an example, such as anger, that'll Mm -hmm. build up as rage and it can cause organ issues too. I mean, anger is related to the liver. It can cause all sorts of issues in the body. And so I love that you bring that up and you have a full approach to people that come to you with any type of issue. And I guess for me, the reason this podcast is called Well Balanced is because, again, I believe in a full mind, body, spirit approach. Do you believe that medicine and spirituality are one and of the same? Is there a connection there for you? I do. I think based off of like my background in psychology, I do think that we have our brain (laughs) mentally. And then like our second brain, I believe is the gut and how that correlates. And I actually, my dissertation was all about the mind-body connection, understanding that on a core level of how that intertwines. And I do think things happen like wellness-wise, like we'll have physical symptoms if we're not addressing the emotional aspect. And I think on a spiritual level, it takes it a step further. It's deeper. It's something bigger than us sometimes. And we don't always see that. But when we're connected on the mind-body-spirit, it just brings everything full-encompassing what is happening within our world, within our space, like energetically, I think it really intertwines and it's not always talked about. So I'm so glad that like you have this space to talk about it and that's how you practice. And I think that's incredible and so important for a message like that to get out. But I think for me, I do think it intertwines. It's just the approach we take and having a holistic approach and weighing out all the options because sometimes stress is something that's been emotional that we haven't been dealing with. And it shows up physically, but it might be misdiagnosed, whether it's from an emotional point or a physical point, but it's something that's happening in the environment on a deeper level that we're not fully aware of because it's not being discussed. It's not even being acknowledged or there might not be the awareness piece. So I do think it's all intertwined. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Where can people find you? Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and share the space with you and giving me the platform to speak. So thank you. You can find me at Dr. Caroline Iskowitz. My website is drcarolineiskowitz.com and then Instagram, LinkedIn, Clubhouse now. (laughs) It's just Dr. Caroline. But I'm everywhere as Dr. Caroline. So I'm glad to connect with anyone. If anyone has questions, I'm always open to DMing you back and seeing how I can support in any way I can. I love that. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well Balanced 360 podcast. 
I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.